This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors and the 4,000 plus members that we have. And the goal that we have is to provide really good local real estate information to our listeners so all of you can make good informed decisions and set a good game plan out there. Now, let's say, like one of my buddies said, Don, my transistor radio broke and I can't listen to Welcome Home Radio anymore. I said, oh, yes, you can. You have a smartphone, so you can always get the mobile app uh, at KYNO Fresno. Uh, Or you can go online and and stream it at KYNOFresno.com. And you can listen live, or you can hear the podcast for months and months afterwards. Um, Anyway, we want all of our listeners to get as much information as possible. And today we have a really good show planned for you. Um, We have Joan Jolly, past president of the Fresno Association of Realtors, but a very active realtor for years. Good good morning. Thank you, Don. And we also have Anthony Gamber, another past president of the Fresno Association of Realtors, and a very active realtor member. And good morning to you, Anthony. Good morning. All right. And just to put this in perspective, it's kind of interesting because with Joan, Anthony, and myself here, we have the 2006, 2007, and the 2008 presidents of the Fresno Association of Realtors here. And we are going to be talking about that time period and maybe comparing it to our activities today in today's market. And being the three of us are still very active realtors, um, that should be an interesting perspective. Do want to say this, we were not possible, could have had our 2005 president here, but Sandy Darling did pass away this week. And um, I'd like to ask you, Joan, what did you learn from Sandy that helped you in your career and also helped you as far as being president? Gosh, Don, um, Sandy and I were friends for close to 40 years. We worked together in the 1990s. Um, She was always kind of like a mentor to me, and she also helped me get on my track into leadership at both Fresno and also at the California Association of Realtors. So she definitely was a very good friend and a very good role model as to what a realtor should be. No, that was sweet of you to say that about her. Anthony, what what did you learn from Sandy? Well, Sandy was just a exceptional realtor. She dedicated her life to the Fresno Association as well as the California Association and National Association of Realtors. Um, I was commenting to her daughter, Kim, last week that she's Fresno's uh, diva realtor <laughs> and always used to uh, uh, joke with her because she always uh, was ahead of the the uh, girls at the Palm and Shaw office and um, I've known her for years very very well respected 
and she encouraged me to move on and keep going with leadership. Um, I'm currently a, a uh, Fresno Association of, of Realtors director as well as a California and National Association uh, director and without Sandy's leadership watching her move up through the committee she was well liked and respected not only in Fresno but also with the uh, California and National Association. So she is a treasure to Fresno and she is gonna be well missed. Yeah, and I think to show how much I respected her, 15 years ago when we were planning our very first Welcome Home radio show, and I was nervous, I was scared. I have never done anything like this before. I never even used to listen to talk radio, so I didn't know what to do. I asked Sandy to be the guest on the very first show. Be be mm. Yeah, mm. because I knew it wouldn't be a flop. Yeah. Uh, if if I passed out, <laughs> she would she would have kept it going, <laughs> or so, slapped you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or kicked me if I said something wrong. So, um, yeah. Mm. So, uh, the realtors took a real blow this week. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's to you, Sandy. Um, let's now talk about our general market right now. Um, what's going on in 2022? Here we are the first week of December. Um, we've completed 11 months of 2022. A Anthony, what are you seeing just in general in the market? Well, it's it certainly has changed from the first of the year. Um, I think the, the main concern is the increase of the interest rates. You know, it practically doubled from in January, and it just went up too fast. And the buyers are just kind of panicking, and they are hoping that it's going to go down back to 3%, but that's just not going to happen. So we have a change in the interest rates, um, which is um, taking a long time for the buyers to realize, you know, it's still a good time. It's a great time to buy. There's the... Um, activity as far as buyers competing with each other on multiple offers that has decreased substantially. So the buyers really have a great opportunity to jump into the market and to negotiate um, closing costs or interest rate buy downs, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, uh, and get into a house. So um, it's a great time for a buyer. Yeah, although I think a lot of buyers are feeling the panic and feeling that, oh my gosh, it's fearful. Yes. Uh, it wasn't fearful a year ago when you had 10 offers on one house, because if you're the 11th offer, it's like, okay, well, all those other 10 people couldn't be wrong. It must be a good time to buy. But now that it, it's more balanced, now it takes confidence to buy also. Absolutely. Joan, I'm gonna ask you the same question. What are you seeing out there? Well, actually, obviously the same as Anthony. Um, I think our biggest problem, even more than the interest rate, is the lack of inventory. We still do not have enough inventory on the market. The buyers are out there, and yeah, they're a little maybe nervous to take the leap, but there are not that many houses to find. And a lot of the sellers who would have maybe, maybe put their house on the market they love their 3% mortgage more than they love their house. So they're going to stay and see what the mortgage rates do 
I'm going to borrow a phrase from um, CAR's chief economic um, person. It's, he said, um, you marry the house, you date the rate. <laughs> so you buy the house you love because that's the only way you're going to build equity. And we all know that buyers, over the course of their lifetime in their home, they're going to refinance more than once. Okay, here's a curveball question for you. Do you remember what the interest rates were when both of you got into the industry? Anthony, you go, what year did you get into the real estate industry, and what was the interest rate? I started in 1979, and I worked for my uncle, who was Gamber Homes. And when it got into um, the 80 and 81, his subdivisions had waiting lists. So when he opened up a track, it would be sold out in one day. So when I started, <laughs> everything was sold out. Then the rates went up, and he lost every one of those buyers in that last track. So we had to resell everything. And rates then were around 16.5%. And they also had uh, adjustable rates, which were tied to the cost of funds, which were like time bombs. So it was ugly. So we're looking today in the sixes, which is beautiful compared to back in the 81 and 82s. Mm -hmm. Joan, how about you? When did you get involved and um, what I, was the rate? Yes, I started in real estate in 1984. And um, like Anthony, I also started working for a builder. My father had been a builder for years, Jolly Homes. Um, goes back the same day as Gamber Homes. Mm -hmm. But um, when I started selling, rates were about 14, 15%. Mm -hmm. Well, when I started in the 70s, you know, interest rates were um, around 10, 11%. Then I decided to get into the mortgage business in 81 and as soon as i i got into that that's when the rates went to 17 18 percent uh brilliant career move on my part <laughs> um so what what i'm hearing you say is and actually you said it anthony the rate right now in the sixes is a good rate it's a very good rate we we just were spoiled Yes. With, yeah. with a low interest rate, which is unsustainable. Um, so, you know, this 6% is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, somebody might say, yeah, but I don't, you know, that's looking way back when it was 17, 18%, but it wasn't that long ago um, when interest rates were 8, 9%. And we thought it was fantastic. They were in the single digits. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, the lower the rate, the more buying power somebody right. has. So they were able to buy more, mm -hmm. which pushed prices up, maybe accelerated somebody from being a renter going into home ownership. Um, I'm of the belief that now that, because I think 7%, maybe even 8% is normal. So I still think we're low. Uh, I, I don't know. Do, yeah. What do you think? Well, you know, also, Don, you know, back when the rates were at 3%, a house may be priced at 400000 It would get bid up to, say, four twenty-five. Now, that 425 house or the $400,000 house is even a little lower 
-hmm. So the rates will be higher, but the prices of homes are lower. So the whole key here, from what I'm hearing the two of you say, is see what you can afford, and it's a good time to buy because it's not as competitive. You may not be competing with 10 different people for one home. You might actually have a chance to buy it. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, when we get back, we're going to go back in time. When we get back from our commercial break to the 2006, 7, and 8 markets, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll show them what what being out of line is <laughs> so stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 kyno well welcome back to welcome home radio this is don scordino your host and we are here with joan jolly who was the 2006 president of the fresno association of realtors and Anthony Gamber, who was the 2007 president of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And, of course, I'm here, and I was the 2008 president of the Fresno Association of Realtors. So we are going to compare those years, 2006, 7, and 8, because there's so many people that are saying out there, oh, my gosh, are we heading for another 07? <laughs> so, uh Anyway, let's start off with 2006, and Joan, tell us, what was the market like back then? Well, the market in 2006 was escalating so fast, people couldn't believe it. Um, prices were going up really fast. Lenders did not have the stringent um, controls that they have now. I mean, if you could breathe, if you fogged a mirror, you could get a loan. And appraisers were not... Um, didn't have the same restrictions so appraisals were coming in you know higher or at these enormous prices so yeah people were buying and the prices kept getting higher and higher and everyone kept saying it's not sustainable this bubble is going to burst this bubble is going to burst well it did and anthony will tell you about that in 2007 but um Back then, we had the inventory. We had a lot of inventory. And people not only purchased homes that they really shouldn't have purchased because they really couldn't afford them, they then used that home as their credit card. They got home equity lines on the homes, and they bought big screen TVs, boats, you name it. So they really encumbered those homes way above what they were really worth. Mm -hmm. All right. So you said the bubble would burst. Why is that a bubble? Why was that a bubble? And compare it to now because people are saying this is not a bubble. Well, we don't have the inventory now. So there is no bubble to burst. We don't have the inventory, plus the majority of homeowners nationwide have a good amount of equity in their homes, where in 2006 they did not because the prices that they paid for their homes were false prices, and then the home equity, equity loans that they got were not true value. So those buyers, when prices started coming down they had absolutely no equity and that's 
started the whole surge of short sales and foreclosures. So I know in the last 10 years or so, you've served on a lot of committees at the California Association mm -hmm. of Realtors, in particular, that deal with inventory, because there's maybe a new a proposed law to restrict building or to uh, add uh, restrictions or cost to building, and the realtors, your committee will sit there and analyze it and say, whether or not you're going to support this bill or oppose it. Mm -hmm. So is that a, is legislation also a reason for a, sh a shortage? Oh, definitely. Um, there are so many hoops that builders and developers have to jump through at the city and county level with their permits. And I think one of the last statistics that I heard in, um, in our area here for a builder, he's got a plot of land, he's going to build a house on it just to get to the point where he's ready to put sticks in the ground and start framing, it costs him $250,000. Wow. So how do you make an affordable home if before you even start the home, it's $250,000? Yeah, that's a good, good point. Mm -hmm. And there's also legislature, we're trying to um, come up with ways to incentivize developers to take these commercial buildings because since COVID, there's a lot of vacant commercial inventory out there. How do we make it affordable to convert, convert those into single family residence, whether apartments, um, condos, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, 06 was a year where prices were still increasing. Absolutely. Let's move to 2007. <laughs> Anthony Gamber, you tell us what it was like during your presidency. Well, I was the rise and fall president. <laughs> when I took office on the 1st of January, um, there were 2,948 homes on the market. Nine months later, there were 4,273 homes on the market. 4,200. Now, what, what's on the market today? Today, there's 886. Okay. And the numbers I'm giving you, these are single-family residential in Fresno and Clovis. So you can see them. we had almost 9 to 10 months of inventory in 2007. Today, we have less than two months. So you're illustrating exactly what Joan said about inventory. So 4,200 or, or whatever uh, back then, and today it's in the 800s. Yes, exactly. Okay. So we do have a, a huge difference in the inventory today than we did in 07. Absolutely. Then the other challenge we had was the prices started plummeting, and it was almost like overnight the market just stopped because the prices were going down. And in most situations, there would be a lot of uh, buyers that are sitting on a $300,000 mortgage and the market value of their house was 150,000. So we're looking at a 50% reduction in equity. So people were frantic, they didn't know what to do. They're underwater, they were walking away from their homes. Eventually, short sale legislation came through where there were, we're going to be penalized by doing the short sales, then the foreclosure market uh, picked up. So it was a very toxic housing market 
that were experienced in 2007. And, um, you know, we're not going to see that today because we had responsible lending. There's equity that people have in their house and the inventory is low. And another reason the inventory is low is that there is a housing um, availability shortage. If you look at the census over the last 60 years, every 10 years, the last 10 years, the building was down about 70% of new starts. And that, so there, I think California is, uh, is what, 1.5 1, 1. million in shortage of housing units. So the prices are not going to plummet because there's people that need homes. So we, we're in a very strong market compared to where we were in, a, in 2007. And the interest rates in 2007, they averaged 6.5%. So that's pretty, pretty standard what we're seeing today. And of course, the home prices were lower than we have today. However, let me ask this question in 2007, interest rates were in the sixes, mm -hmm. but didn't we have a lot of adjustable rate mortgages? Yeah, we did have those as well. Yeah, yeah. and some it, and some of those adjustable rate mortgages had characteristics in the contract that were hard to understand. I, I remember one that was called the option arm that was pretty, pretty popular. And it would say you have a five per, uh, or a um, one percent fixed payment for the first five years. Then it then it can adjust. What you had to really pay attention to is the word payment versus interest rate, because after the first six months, the interest rate would change and maybe go to five percent, six seven percent. Mm -hmm. Your payment stayed based on the one percent which means you weren't even paying all the interest. Yeah. They would tack that on top of the loan. Yeah, yeah negative amortization. Yeah, negative yeah. amortization. And, and that's where people lost a lot of their equity. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They may have put 20% down, although few did yeah. back then, and they lost it all to negative amortization. So, uh, all right. So uh, was it a fun year as president? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was doom and gloom every month. <laughs> and I remember I did uh, monthly uh, articles in the Fresno Bee and I'd, you know, give an update of the stats and it just got grimmer and grimmer <laughs> as the yeah. months went on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me tell you about 2008. And in 2008, we had a different type of seller who actually drove the market down. So normally you would have a seller who says, hey, this is my home. I fix this. I fix that. Everything works. You know, it's a comfortable home. All of a sudden in 2008, asset managers became the predominant seller. Mm -hmm. An asset manager means that home was taken in foreclosure. And here's somebody back in Texas making a decision on a home in Fresno that they've never walked in. And... Um, and at first, they started off very rigid. We're selling the house as is. Okay, but the new lender won't make a loan unless there's a carbon monoxide detector put in the hallway. I said, I'm selling it as is. And they wouldn't do it. And what would happen, if push came to shove, the sale could fall apart. And now they would have to sell it cash to an investor who probably paid twenty, thirty thousand dollars less. And that drove the prices down even more. So uh, distant sellers, I guess is what I'm gonna call them, 
became the predominant seller of the of 2008 and they really drove prices down but from all of that the banks learned a few lessons we'll talk about that in the upcoming segment so stay tuned to welcome home radio uh, kyno 940 Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us, we have Anthony Gamber of Realty Concepts and Joan Jolly of Colwell Banker. And uh, both of them have been presidents of the Fresno Association of Realtors along with me. I did want to finish a thought from the 2008 era. Not only were we impacted, like we said uh, in the last segment, by distant sellers, and that would be asset managers for the banks, we were also impacted by something called a HELOC, home equity line of credit. Uh, Banks were really pushing people to, hey, tap into your unused equity. You know, uh, pay off your high interest rate, credit cards, buy an RV. Well, and people did that and used up their equity. So when values were driven down by some of these distant sellers, all of a sudden they couldn't refinance again. And they had balloon payments on there, and now they couldn't refinance. Uh, it, it, was, it spelled trouble. But now the banks have, they got wiser. In fact, about 2011, 12, banks started putting brand new carpet into the homes that they took back, they were making them much better. Um, they all, we also had the Dodd-Frank Act, which said, hey, banks, you have to show that a borrower has the ability to repay this. And if you're going to put a two-year balloon payment on it, how are they going to refinance that in two years? You, you better show that that can happen. And that helped clean up the industry. Would you say that's true that we've cleaned up the industry? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree as well. It's much more responsible lending. Yeah, plus now people are getting 30-year fixed-rate mortgages. You, you know what your payment's going to be this year, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Um, whereas in if you got an adjustable-rate mortgage with a balloon payment, the future wasn't very secure. Not at all. No. Yeah. Especially if you're going to stay in the house and not move. So, okay, so now we've got these single-digit fixed interest rates. What are the opportunities in today's market? Well, the it's a great opportunity for buyers because they can negotiate with the seller for them to participate in paying their closing costs instead of... Um, um, adjusting the price so I it's always a good idea for buyers to offer f- offer full price then negotiate with the seller to pay closing costs or they could even uh, negotiate an interest rate buy down uh, there's a three two one buy downs and two one buy downs and those are a great vehicle to start your payment at three percent for 12 months then the next month it goes up to four percent Next year, next year it does. Then the the third year you're back to the original uh, amount. So on a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, the difference in that 
is about uh, 592 less the first year in your payment. The second year is about $406 less, and the third year is about $209 less. So if the rates go down three years from now, from you're sitting on a 6%, you can always refinance. And um, the cost to do a, a, a two-one buy-down would be about $7,300 for the seller. So, and a three-two-one buy-down, buying it down 3%, would be about 14,500 for the seller. So, if you're you have a house that's listed for 350, why offer 335 and pay 6% when you offer the full amount and ask the seller to throw in almost $15,000 and buy that puppy down to 3%? It's a great strategy for buyers to get into the into housing and be comfortable with a great payment still. Now, some people I've heard get that confused with an adjustable rate mortgage. Yes. Where is that different? It's different is your interest rate and your loan terms is locked in the prevailing rate today. So let's just say FHA is at 6% today. So you have a 6% 30-year loan. When you do a 2-1 two, or a 3-2-1 buy-down, you're buying a full years of interest down 1%. So on a three-year buy-down, you're going down to 3% for 12 months. The next year, you go up 1%, you're back to your 6%. If you do a 2-1 buy-down, you're going down to 4%, then 5%. So um, that's how it works. So you still have a fixed... 6% loan for 30 years, you're just getting a little relief from buying the interest rate down. And the cost of that is usually um, the cost of the savings. Mm -hmm. And you can also buy the interest rate down um, uh, permanently. So it costs about 1% for a half percent reduction. So if you wanted to get a 5% a fixed 30-year loan, it'd be 2% of the loan amount. So if you have a loan amount of, three, of 350000 it's going to cost you $7,000 to buy that interest rate down for 1% for the full 30 years of that loan. Okay. So what I'm hearing you saying, you're making a good point, is with these 2-1, one buy-downs, it is a fixed rate. So you know what you're interest rate is going to be for all 30 years. Right, and you're qualifying at the current rate okay. of 6%. You're just getting a benefit the first few years, right. which might help to allow you to pay off credit cards, car payments, uh, get a raise at work. Absolutely. And again, if the rates went down, then you have an opportunity to refinance it. Yeah. With an adjustable rate mortgage, though, it will be... Um, uh, even next year or five years from now, all you know is that you're going to be somewhere between 2% and 12%. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it, called it, roll the dice. Roll. There you go. Roll the dice. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of the fixed rate. What, what do you think, Joan? I mean, have you had many clients use adjustable rate mortgages? No, I have not. Um, because they're well-counseled, right? Yes, they're well canceled. <laughs> All right. Um, what are you seeing in the market today, Joan, that is an opportunity for 
home buyers, and then I'll ask the same question for home sellers. Well, for home buyers, you have less less buyers out there looking, obviously. Um, there's less inventory, but you have less competition. And you can take your time in making up your mind. You know, six months ago, you saw a house and go, okay, you have to hurry and make up your mind right now. Make an offer, make an offer. You don't have to do that anymore. You can go back and look at it, you know, two or three times to make sure this is the home you really want. So I think it just, it's not such a rushed event for home buyers. Mm -hmm. Remember just a couple of years ago when you had to wait your turn to show a house oh, yes. out on the sidewalk? Lines, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was also during COVID, so that was real fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Only one couple in at a time. <laughs> and then you had to sanitize the Yes, house. exactly. Yes, in between showings. Oh, yeah. And wear gloves and, and booties, booties on your shoes <laughs> and mask. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, I don't know about you two, but I'm sure glad 2020 and 2021 are over. <laughs> people think oh gosh you guys must have loved that hot market it was a hard no. market it was very it difficult. was heartbreaking don ah. heartbreaking because you just you worked with these buyers they made multiple offers they kept getting beat out and they were emotionally beat up which made you emotionally beat up it was it was just heartbreaking and um, yeah, that's all I can say. And I had even buyers say, you know, we just we just emotionally can't do this anymore. And I totally understood. Mm -hmm. I remember one buyer; he kept getting beat out, and I, I'm putting him at the top of my list for uh, quality people. Um, he wouldn't give up. I he almost had me to the point where I was gonna give up because we, we kept losing out losing out and, oh and he was a va buyer oh that and, makes it even worse oh, yes yeah um strike three he, he just was totally unfazed and then i learned why he was going to be having a baby in in a few months he, he and his wife were going to have a baby in a few months and he wanted that little girl to grow up in their own home mm -hmm. yep and we finally got one and I, I don't know how this works out, but it was the best one of all. Well, it was meant to be. And that's what I would tell my buyers. If it's meant to be, it'll be, you know, the right house will be there for you. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're saying there's more opportunity out there for buyers because there's less competition. You don't have to wait on the sidewalk for your turn to show anymore. Um, rarely anyway yeah how about for home sellers what what kind of opportunities are out there well there's still opportunities because we don't have enough inventory hmm. so there are still more buyers than there are sellers mm -hmm. so if the seller is realistic in their list price it will sell with within a week it will okay so that's fair enough so and i saw uh, a statistic that um, the the average home sale is, is like 21 days on the market. That's still low. I mean, let's go back to the 1980s. What were they back then? Oh, oh. it was four or five months sometimes. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. 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 So this is nothing. No, it is nothing. Well, I think the challenge is, and I've Mm -hmm. noticed that with my sellers, a lot of them haven't taken into consideration the adjustment in price. So I say, this is what we should list your house at. And they say, well, can we try 10 or 15,000 higher? I said, we can try, but I don't think it's going to sell for that. So we try, and we have an agreement in two weeks, if it hasn't sold, we drop the price. And that's happened to me on two of my listings. As soon as we make that price adjustment to what I told him it should be listing at, it sells. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lot of the reason, too, for the days on the market. Okay. We do have to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. I'm proud of the house we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. It's not a big well, Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us, we have Joan Jolly of Colwell Banker, who is the 2006 president of FAR. And Anthony Gamber, who is the 2007 president of FAR and uh, a realtor broker with Realty Concepts. So um, we've all been in the market for the local Fresno County market for decades. What 07, 08 were, was not the only downturn we had. What, what other downturns did we have and and also upturns and how did we make it through those well real estate is cyclical and if you look back for decades you will see that you have the highs and the lows and it's always kind of like a roller coaster and I think um, the thing that I keep telling myself and I think that's helped me be successful through all the different markets is always put your buyer or your seller's best interest first. If you do that, you'll you'll be successful. It's just it's that golden rule. It's the same thing in life as it is in real estate. You know, put your client's best interest first, and um, you'll you'll keep getting clients. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony, how did you guys make it through the? 1980s what because we were saying interest rates went to 16 17 18 well you you first of all had to be a uh, very knowledgeable and kind of caregiving realtors to survive you needed to educate your your clients with stats because you can't change the number so if you gave them the mark the true picture of the market they would have a better expectation so they wouldn't be so disappointed if their home didn't sell in three weeks and it took six months back then. It's just where the market was at the time. But you know what you, they have to realize is that purchasing a home is also an investment. You're paying down that loan every mm-hmm. month with your payment and housing builds generational wealth. So. Any opportunity you have to step in and to buy in a property, you want to do that because it's just going to keep growing as you pay your loan down, and hopefully we'll see the appreciation stabilize or, or go up 
uh, before. You know, in the three years we we're talking about, we saw appreciation going up 33% a year. So in three years, that house doubled. So you can see that it was a market that was not unreal, that w was not sustainable. We see now increases that are more uh, bite-sized, where they've been going up uh, a little more rapidly the last few years, but not anything like those three ugly years. All right. And, and there's always a good reason to own something rather than rent. And here is a great example, and I may have said it on the show last week, and that is that when you rent, you don't have the bundle of rights. Like, you may have to give it up when you don't want to. Um, I was in a rental car and a, a, a truck, good-sized truck, and I felt good and comfortable. I get a phone call from the rental company saying, hey, you need to bring it in. We're going to give you another car because um, we sold that one. And I wanted to say, wait a minute, you can't do that. Um, but then I thought, I don't own it. They own it. They have that bundle of rights. They have the right to sell it. Um, they ended up giving me some little puddle jumper. You know, so so I lost out because I'm renting that. I, I lost out on my choice. Uh, That's true. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. ownership is always better than renting. Um, and, and I want to say this, too. Let's say you buy at the peak of the market. Because, Joan, you said, you know, it's cyclical. So mm -hmm. that, that means there are peaks and valleys. Let's say you buy at the peak. But you choose, you have the option to sell when you want to sell, not when you have to sell. So if you had to sell it in three years and the market was down, okay, so you didn't do so well. But if you have the option to keep it and, and carry on, then eventually the market will, will get higher. Absolutely. Um, in the, probably, I think it was in the 19... 30s my grandfather bought a lot in old fig garden and built a house on it for $3,500 that house is still standing now in old fig garden and it's probably worth I don't know six seven hundred thousand dollars I mean it was a little you know bungalow you know it wasn't anything grand but um that's why it was only thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> probably yeah bits you and know he probably paid right. too much right <laughs> but it's just you know if you if you if you hold on to your real estate it is always always going to go up eventually it, eventually it may go down for a few years but then it's going to come back up all right that's that is a good point um, Anthony, I want to ask you, what do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? Well, I think the most important is you need to listen, read, and stay up on our current local market. You know, what's happening in other areas in San Francisco or uh, Southern California, they're not the same as what's happening in Fresno. So you need to be in tuned on that. If you're a seller, you need to be patient. Things might not sell in a week, like Joan said, because some neighborhoods sell quicker than others. So it might take 60 days to sell your house, and you need to be realistic. You're probably not going to see multiple offers and maybe not see 
a full price offer and be willing to negotiate if you do get a good offer from a buyer where they need your participation in closing costs to look at that very carefully um, so that you make the right decision. Information's great. Okay, good answer. And Joan, I'd like to ask you the same thing. What do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? Well, Anthony did an excellent job of answering that question, so I'm not going to repeat a lot of what he said. But um, I would just say marry the house and date the rate. You know, find the house that you fall in love with. Interest rates are going to change. So just marry that house and date the rate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll remember that one. <laughs> now, um, what, what about advice? If... Joan, if you were asked to give somebody the best real estate advice you've ever heard from one of your mentors, maybe even from Sandy Darling, what, what would that be, that best advice? This is advice to a buyer or seller? Well, well real estate advice. Real estate advice. Gosh, that's a hard one, Don. Um, there's just uh, uh, so many. I just, I think... The best advice is home ownership is important and you build generational wealth. That, that's a good answer. Yes. Took, took a while to get to that point, well, but you, you, you nailed it right <laughs> on the head. <laughs> so, Anthony, same question. What about the best real estate advice that you could give someone? Well, not only did Joan hit the, the nail on the head with the generational wealth, but, you know, buying a home is a lifestyle it's your future um, i live right off of christmas tree lane and i go down van ness every morning and now all of the yards are being decorated with christmas ornaments and animation and whatnot there's pride of ownership mm -hmm. those people on van ness love this time of year and they go all out well you can have that same feelings on buying a track house in a subdivision wherever it's your home make it your home build your your family and your memories and you're building equity and you know the fresno association of realtors recently had the homewards essay contest and the results are coming out soon but i've read a few of those essays and the school-aged children are teaching us a lesson about what a home is really all about not one kid mentioned the interest rate no. <laughs> nor the, the price of the house. Uh, they mentioned fun with their brothers and sisters, uh, mom and dad. It, it was what a home is all about. And so we, we want to thank those kids for teaching us a lesson as to what it's really all about. Um, all right. I think that just about wraps up our show today. I want to thank all our listeners and also Anthony Gamber and Joan Jolly for coming in and helping out today and uh, sharing our, your insight with our listeners. So thank you to everybody and uh, have a great holiday season and Christmas is coming right up. So we'll be ready. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Don. Bye.